0: The Bruins are now up to 80 points on the year. It's January 24th. You heard that correct. They're 38, 5 and 4, six straight wins, 9 1 1, or 9 1 0, pardon me, in their last 10 games. Their latest win was obviously uh, up in Montreal tonight, beating the Canadians. Now, Montreal, they were struggling this year as it was even at full health. So you can imagine that having a depleted roster with about 10 or 11 guys uh, on the shelf. Maybe it's an easy win. But to Montreal's credit, they they worked hard tonight and made the Bruins earn the two points. Um, Scott and Bridget, your initial takeaways from their first game against the Habs this year.
1: Yeah, I didn't think the Bruins played great, but they definitely still played well enough to win. They still controlled play for pretty long stretches. And like you said, Montreal, to their credit, like I thought definitely played over their talent level, you know, they still obviously weren't anywhere close to being in the Bruins' class, but they weren't the total like if you just looked at that roster on paper, you know, with all the injuries they have, especially with Cole Caulfield out, their leading scorer, like you'd be like, yeah, that's a that's a pushover. Like you're facing a an, an AHL team, and maybe not even a very good one at that. But to the Canadians' credit, like they they brought a good effort, and you know, I thought where you. And even like the power play, I thought that was one area early on where it was like, oh, that's clearly, this is clearly a power play unit that hasn't practiced much together. Like they looked awful. And then they even figured that out and they end up scoring a power play goal, you know, and a little bit of a fortunate bounce. So, um, yeah, the Bruins have said it. Like they're going to get every team's best effort pretty much every night. Like if you're any team, any player in the league, how would you not be totally jacked up for a Bruins game at this point? Like, yeah, especially if you're out of the playoffs, it's like, you know, you're not playing meaningful games every night. So if you're going to get up for any of them, like, of course, it's going to be the Bruins game. Um, Sam Montembeau, who has actually been playing really well for the Canadians in goal, uh, I thought it was great tonight, even though it end, you know, he ends up giving up three goals, but I, I thought he was really good. Um, and from, from the Bruins' end... Swayman really solid again, uh, you know, continues his hot stretch where we're now on like a two-month stretch where it isn't just Linus Olmark is the best goalie in the league. It's like Swayman's been just as hot. You look at their numbers and he's been just as good as Olmark over like the last month and a half. Um, it's crazy. Pasta gets four points. And I. it was funny. I tweeted like, I feel like he's kind of having a little bit of an off night. He'd made a couple really sloppy passes, a couple of like careless turnovers, and he still ends up with four points. Uh, and, and then obviously Bergeron gets the winner. And it's like, all right, this is what the Bruins do, even when they're a little off. Like they just stick to it and they finally break through in the third period, get the late win from Bergeron and take the two points.
2: Yeah. And Scott, we were like, ah, oh, you know, maybe we shouldn't go to Montreal this year. It's probably not going to be like, you know, it's not going to be the same as the old rivalry, but it seemed like it would have been a fun game to go to and a fun game to cover there. If we had gone, we were worried about the weather and that the matchup was going to be just not close, but then, but then closer, the closer you got to game time, you're like, well, honestly though, they're probably still going to put up a, a decent fight because it's the Canadians it's a rivalry. I mean, everybody understands and you're playing in front of your home crowd. If you want mean, to think if it was in Boston, like maybe you don't have the same motivation, but um, you're in front of your home crowd that came out to watch Bruins Canadians. And there's just so much history there that you'd want to like respect it, I guess. And they didn't play a bad game. They really did give them th- their best um, that they could have. And Montembeau had a really good game. Uh, Bergeron mentioned it. He said he kept them in the game. Uh, and he did. He did. Swayman, so, I, I thought played good as well. And, and to Scott's point about, both of them being, you know, top in the league. This, this was tweeted before the game or not tweeted um, put on the NHL's Instagram before the game, but the top goalies of the previous week were Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark, both with under like right around 0.5 goals against average last week. So um, that's where we're at. They, they have two of the the hottest goalies. They have two of the most solid goalies. And there's been times where coach has said most teams would be happy to just have one. And here we are sitting here going, wow, I can't believe they actually legitimately have two guys that could start. I still think Allmark is the the better of the two as of right now, but I can't remember a goalie pair playing both when both of them were playing this well at the same time. Like I remember there was a time when Tuka and Thomas were both playing really well and kind of taking – opportunities back and forth from each other but even in that season which was that 2010 um they were they were clearly times when one was better than the other and right now like I feel like it's not as obvious it's like no these are both top caliber goalies right now
1: yeah Raskin Halak had a stretch like that where you know it it wasn't a 50-50 split but Halak would come in and like he was playing like one of the best goalies in the league when he did get in. i I think that was that might have been the year that eventually went into the bubble, because I think that was why initially people had a lot of confidence in Halak when he had to take over for Rask. And obviously things didn't didn't quite work out in the end, but he he had had a really good stretch like that most of that season.
2: But never were both of those goalies this good. Like, these are the two best goalies in the league as of right now. Like, it's, it was never to that extent only because neither of them were the top guy. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't putting up those exact, this kind of, these kind of numbers. Um, It's a good problem to have. I guess it's not really a problem at all. So, um, it just continues to be a, a pair, a goalie tandem that and I think Montgomery said after the game I don't know where we would be without them and it's true like you have the luxury of we talk about the fact that they haven't been able to have any load management because you know some guys might be reluctant for load management but you're able to get it in the goaltending position um and it's it's going to be important
0: Uh, as good as Montembeau was like you guys mentioned uh and and he he was phenomenal uh no doubt kept Montreal in the game obviously the Bruins had like a I felt like a three to one shot advantage for the first half of the game against Montreal. But that said uh, the first half of the game for Boston, I definitely thought that, you know, when you play a team that's so inferior to you and despite Montreal's best effort tonight, uh, when you play a team, that's that much beneath you, it can go one of two ways. It can go like it did against San Jose where you're just the globe trotters, the globe trotters out there and you just do whatever you want, or it can, be sloppy because your opponent's kind of all over the map, and I, I kind of felt like the Bruins, Montreal was just kind of dragging the Bruins into that sloppy turnover game early on, and I thought the Bruins were a little bit careless with the puck at times in the first half of the game, but they certainly uh, addressed that midway through and were much better going forward uh, and to close out the game and. 82 game season as good as boston's been this year and it's remarkable and it is historic uh there's going to be there's going to be games where um you're off for a little bit here and there so it's no big deal and and honestly like considering who the bruins are playing in in the next uh three to four nights or um, three to four games it's almost like it was probably a good matchup to have tonight to kind of like you know just get those kinks out on the road after traveling and kind of like like, all right, like we, we got away with it against Montreal, but we're not gonna get away with um not that they had a bad start, but you you get they just gotta play on their toes um when they um when they face Tampa, Florida, Carolina, and Toronto.
1: Yeah, and uh, also worth mentioning, I think one of the most important developments in this game is Taylor Hall ended his goal at Stroud, uh, gets his first goal in 16 games. Um, you know, we had talked about him on the last podcast, how he still had some good games during that stretch. You know, Jim Montgomery had said Sunday, he thought he had a really good game that night. Yeah. Uh, And
2: he said, it was only a matter of time. And it really did feel like that.
1: Yes. And no, like I thought he was playing well, but then tonight, like I was looking up, um, you know, stuff like expected goals, like individual expected goals and his, his, had been down, like he hadn't been getting as many chances as he was earlier in the season. And you know, that there's still some bad luck involved because yeah, I was gonna say, I just right. felt
2: like it felt like those chances were missed, like missed for him just because he got so many bad bounces. Like one of these times he was gonna get a good bounce, and he did today,
1: yeah. So, and, and I thought he had a, another good game all around, just beside you know, besides the goal. But uh, to get that goal is big, like when, when you're a player like Hall, you yeah, you can stick to the rest of your game. You can, you know, keep plugging away, keep doing the right things. But ultimately, like you know part of your job is to score and you want to score and you put that pressure on yourself, no matter, you know, how aware you are of hey, I'm doing other things well, no matter how much your team's winning, like anyone who has had the kind of career Taylor Hall has had, you want to score, you hate going through a draw like this. So uh, you know, I thought that was that was a pretty big goal. And, um, just for him on an individual level. And obviously it was important for the Bruins too, because there was still zero zero at the time.
2: And Brian, your question last podcast was, you know, what do the Bruins need to see on this road trip? Or it was, it was something to the degree of like, what, what do you want to see out of them on the road trip that they need to do better? And I think my answer was Taylor Hall needs to score. And he did it the first game of the road trip. So, um, they got that going. Also, I wanted to mention, the check line obviously had a good night and I want to highlight Pavel Zaka though, just for a second, because there were times when that line was together. Cause they did get split up a little bit. Um, but when that line was together where I felt like Pavel Zaka was like the most dangerous guy on the ice. And he was kind of driving play for a little bit of that game where normally you see Krejci being the decision maker and pasta being the threat. But I felt like at times I was like, I want him to shoot it right now. He he was playing really well, um, and he did great on the penalty kill, forced a turnover, almost scored shorthanded. Um, I thought he was playing better than, than he had. Not that he'd been playing bad, but just like he's reached a new level.
0: Zaka looks very comfortable, very comfortable. Obviously, as you alluded to, the points have really started to pile up for him since signing that extension. But even before that, like even – even when he was a little bit snake bitten, like you just saw his hockey IQ and you see how we watch him with with Krejci and Pasternak, but like watch him with Krejci in particular because one of Krejci's MO the last you know 15, 16 years has been just how well he thinks the game. And you can tell when they're playing together that Zaka's on the same wavelength as Krejci when it comes to um, you know, um in transition, like Zaka knows the sweet spot to go because he can sense that Krejci going to cut to the middle, or Krejci going to slow down or speed up, and Zaka just knows where to get open, and that's just the that's just the um, the telltale sign of a smart hockey player. And as far as Taylor Hall goes, I just feel like it's going to be very important. I I can't shake this feeling and and mark it down here on. January 24th, but I just can't shake this feeling that, like, if the Bruins are going to go on this this special run that we're all hoping that they do, I have this feeling that, uh, that Taylor Hall is going to be a huge reason for it, and he's going to have some big goals and some big moments and some, and some hopeful mismatches for the Bruins. And so I'm not necessarily looking for Hall to, like, be the MVP guy night in and night out that he was in 2017, but, like, I just want to see – him play with confidence when it matters most this year because when he's playing with confidence, like you saw tonight, he was able to get the monkey off of his back. And like he was he he was just playing on his toes tonight. He was he was he was being um he he was being an um having initiative and just like come like the way he would just go around a net like he could just separate so easily when he's on his game and I think a big part of his game is confidence. He's a very smart player But he can be his own worst enemy at times. And I think that a goal like tonight will go a long way for him for the next handful of games, dozen games. But he's going to be a big, big factor for them in the playoffs. And hopefully when that time comes, he's playing with confidence.
2: Worth mentioning, though, that it came – it didn't come on the third line. It came on the power play. And so, like, production – I want to see him get the production up when he's playing on that third line with Coyle and Frederick on the ice with him
1: yeah i was just gonna say that like that's that's exactly it because brian like to your point about mismatches that third line should if he's on it like should have a lot of mismatches and should be a very tough matchup for opponents but they they become that if Hull is putting up points whether that's scoring or or setting up coil and frederick um you know that line can play well and have possession and hold on to pucks in the offensive zone. Like I think they can do that all day long against pretty much anyone, but then actually converting that into goals is what really takes them to another level and puts them in that conversation of like best third line in the league, which they might be anyways, but it's, you know, when, when they're actually starting to put up goals and, and halls producing the way we know he's capable of like, that's when you're really talking about a line that no other team's bottom six can match up with.